Single parenting isn't easy. We understand. Most parents don't plan to go it alone, but you can still make the most of this journey for your children and yourself. In fact, if you and your family are on that journey, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Single Parent Advocate community and to our podcast. And here are your hosts, single parent founder, Stacey Poitras, broadcast journalist, single dad and friend, Daryl Moody. Hi there. Welcome back to the Single Parent Advocate podcast. I am your uh, co-host, Daryl Moody. We have taken some time off, Stacy and I, for the summer. We've had a lot going on. She has over there in Dallas and I have here in Orlando as well. Uh, so we want to thank you folks for joining us wherever you are, wherever you're listening to us, whatever uh, podcast platform you are listening to the Single Parent Advocate. Uh, we appreciate you, that you are there. Stacy. Uh, how are you doing? It's been a really busy summer for both of us. And, and like I said, we took a few weeks off, but how have you been? Daryl, I have been moving and grooving. It is back to school season in the summertime. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny, right at the end of, of the school year um, is when we uh, go into uh, plan, really planning and executing all of our back to school outreach. And so this past summer, it was really, really cool. We had um, a wonderful, wonderful uh, partnership with Gateway Dallas Church. I just can't say enough about them. We were on location there and uh, we provided school supplies along with them for up to 450 children. And so we ended up having over over 100 families and 350 students on site uh, in early August. And these young, Adults and students and kiddos were packed down and boiled over with school supplies. And then uh, in addition to that on site, we had an incredible set of ministry partners that came to also help families. We had book club for kids. We had uh, dress for success was there uh, handing out purses filled with personal items and offering career help for single parents. Then um, another group called Cleanup was there doing haircuts and providing clothing uh, for the families. We even had a ministry that came in and and did uh, ice cream and we served hot dogs for everyone and uh, lunch. And you should have seen all the grilling team that was there. There was about a team of 15 men who were back there grilling 1500 hot dogs. <laughs> I was so impressed because it was already over 100 degrees outside, right? And so cooking 1500 hot dogs outside on a Texas afternoon is kind of questionable in the whole uh, mental wellness arena, but we got it done and everybody had such a great time. I put a video up on YouTube on Single Parent Advocates YouTube channel that shows uh, a synopsis of everything. We had great pictures and even the Louisville Independent School District students brought STEM activities, uh, science and technology um, experiments for everybody to do. So it was just a big, big, big effort and a big, big, big success. So I just thank all of those that were there. We had Matthew Six Ministries on on site uh, as well and um, many, many others. So that was my summer, Daryl. <laughs> now, I, I always like to focus on the logistics of single parent advocate and what you guys do, because I don't think people understand what kind of an effort it takes to fill 400 backpacks 
with school supplies and get them in the hands of families that need them. How many volunteers did you have? So we had um, sections of volunteers. So we had about 25 volunteers that were in an assembly line and like a horseshoe shape where the kids would start um, with their families um, to get a bag that was, you know, to put items in and get a backpack. And then they would go get their binder and uh, composition notebooks, and then they'd go get their spirals, and then they'd get their crayons or their map colors, and you know, on down the line. And we have two different uh, paths, if you will. We have the elementary path, and then we have the middle high school path. And so those uh, are a little unique. So everybody goes and gets the items that all the students need, and then you go right or left to, uh, you know, if you're at middle or high school student, you may need a calculator. You can have a sharper pencil, you know, um, different unique things. The erasers are a little bit different. Um, and then uh, the elementary students, they get like a plastic bin filled with crayons and the blunt scissors. And, you know, everybody gets number two pencils. I, I tell you what, it was really cool and the the people that were working the assembly line definitely were the stars of the show it was just crazy awesome and it was in um a later area where people would transition we had a wonderful um sponsor called um circle k and so circle k because um of gas being so high right now they gave us sort of a rebate to be able to provide gas cards for all the families that that came, so every family got a, a gas card to fill their tank up, that you know, so the trip down didn't hurt their, you know, their budget. And then after they went to that station, they went into the STEM uh, area, and the there was like a craft and a book station, and so each of those stations had different volunteers, usually students were in that department. And then after they left that area, they went into a third area, which was, uh, you know, getting a family school picture, get, picking up a purse if, if the mom would like something for her from Dress for Success. And then they went outside and it was this beautiful shaded courtyard where there was face painting and um, clowns and characters and you know, haircuts for kids under the shaded trees and ice cream and all of that. So hot dogs. It was really, really, really a blessing. Families were just so grateful. And uh, we, we, we really did um, have a great experience. Now, I understand when you're doing something like this and you're filling backpacks, a lot of the individual items are donated. But do you have any idea what kind of value that is of all of the supplies, the backpacks, and then, and like, you know, what's a, what's a dollar amount for this kind of thing? Well, you know, that's really a good question this year because of inflation, because of the supply chain problems. Uh, we went from previously filling a backpack or, you know, and providing a backpack uh, for about $25. That was our, our per backpack kind of cost. Uh, we would source things retail. So that we would be able to, um, you know, get the best deals and, and you know, be responsible with the donors' uh, investment in our community that 
uh, we make the money go farther. Well, this year that was like almost impossible, you know, like the Dollar Trees and everybody that where we found discounted items, they're, they're, they're not staffed. Sometimes they're not open, you know, Dollar General, things like that. And so we made the decision to um, work um, and get a corporate uh, account with Amazon. And we ended up just ordering everything. And it ended up being $65 per backpack that way. So I have given the kids trapper keepers. (laughs) Yeah, no, there weren't trapper keepers. They were just, you know, the regular white binders you know that um they they got everything they got their folders brad spirals composition notebooks notebook paper i mean by the time you picked up what was for each student it it was you know it felt like 20 pounds to me it might have been 15 or 20 pounds (laughs) at the end of the day that felt like 50 or 60 pounds after lifting a few of them for a while but um, no, we had, I would say volunteers, we at least had, there's a volunteer picture I have, there's at least 50 volunteers. And then, you know, that's another side of an event is creating a wonderful volunteer experience for all of those life changers that come out and uh, invest in the lives of the organization and of the family, right? So 50 volunteers, even PNC Bank, they sent out a team early in the week to help stage the event, uh, and so that if, if I counted all of them, it was probably more like sixty volunteers, sixty at least. And then you know, you know our leadership team. You know, and you mentioned the the inflation aspect of all this. I wasn't even thinking about that. I mean, so so talk to me about what the parents said to you. I mean, between getting a gas card and having the the kids the kids you know school supplies provided for them. I mean, that's a tremendous help to families right now when we really need it most. Yeah, there were a lot of families uh, who were just moved beyond words. Um, there, is, there are some new families, you know, in our groups that uh, haven't experienced this before. And um, they were blown away with the kindness and the thoughtfulness. Like literally there was hardly anything that they would have to go and get at the end of this. You know, maybe they need to get tissues or Clorox wipes for the classroom. Maybe they'll need to get, you know, some school clothes and stuff. But this part of it was 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 taken care of. And I think this year it felt like more of a relief than even in years past. And it's already been, you know, a very, very uh, big um, assistance for families in the area. And I'd love to take it, you know, this concept that we've created into other areas someday. It would be awesome to come and help some single families there in Orlando. No, that's awesome. I, I mean, you know, we, we have we have those those efforts here as well and lots of book bag drives and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm just wondering, did did any of the any of the mothers and fathers come to you and tell you, you know, any stories about how this has impacted them? We have several families that I'm in communication with that are having trouble with rent and electricity and trying to find resources to um, bridge that gap so that they can keep their lights on and stay, you know, in their homes or apartments. Um, There are um, lots of efforts, you know, to, especially, you know, during the summer when it's so hot, um, and you have to use your power, right? I mean, there's not a, I mean, not a lot you can do. I mean, you need to have your power. 
So we've been working through um, helping them in other areas. You know, um, as a community organization, we we don't provide duress relief at this point in our in our outreach. But what we do is we try to provide relief in other areas so that families can save their money to to pay their light bills or things like that. So uh, whether we're helping through through the holidays with food and and Christmas stuff, the whole idea is that the family would still be able to uh, enjoy the holiday, uh, get back to school in in a a great tooled up way. And then the parent can use uh, the funds that they have earned to uh, take care of of those kinds of expenses. Truthfully, Daryl, it feels like that, you know, it, it, it's a never ending, you know, thing. We're, you're going to put, put your finger in the dam to hold the water back. And then, you know, by the time you get that hole fixed then another hole goes. And well, and it's like the more people you help, the more those folks go back to their networks and they go, Hey, I found this great organization. And it's like, the more people you help, the more people you find out need help. I, I would imagine as somebody who is orchestrating all this and managing a nonprofit, it has to feel a little overwhelming. Yeah, there's a really close organization that, um, you know, they have a bigger, more years in existence. They have a, a bigger outreach for families that are primarily in a poverty situation. And um, they they get funds, um, you know, monthly, you know, sustained giving and uh, they communicated that they had spent all their money helping families in the first two days of August and had to put a call out for more funds to try to help families. And so we are trying really, really hard to be creative, be resourceful, think on our feet, you know, what work opportunities can we find? How do we uh, source and be familiar with you know, duress relief agencies that people can be directed to. I think I need to welcome a new blogger that can talk about resources. Maybe we can we can talk about, you know, now that we're back from the summer, bring on some resource specialists onto the podcast and let's talk about, you know, what what are some ideas um, that are actually working in and around the country, especially in Texas and in Florida. Which Stacy is a perfect segue in the North Texas Giving Day, which is just weeks away. Oh, my gosh, you're so, uh, so good. Talk to me about the ramping up for that. So North Texas Giving Day is an annual fundraising uh, frenzy. And this uh, this year it's sponsored by Amazon. And so you have like five or six hundred nonprofits sign up in um they go and create a profile page on the North Texas Giving Day.org website. And so, you know, you post uh, social posts and get a matching sponsor and, and uh, just let your fans and community fundraise. And um, what I love about North Texas Giving Day is it's really the whole giving and care and cause community coming together. And together, I think every year, millions and millions of dollars are raised. And of course, the larger organizations, they, they get more um, of the revenue. But if, if you are a single parent uh, supporter or you are a single parent, you know, there's ways to go online and donate, you know, small amounts to big amounts. It doesn't matter. The cool thing is it's matched. And so every dollar is matched 
or an agency that you choose. So I want everybody to, you know, obviously donate at nortexasgivingday.org. You just go there and uh, look up Single Parent Advocate. We have a profile page there and uh, we'd love it if you'd give and share all month long. Giving Day is on uh, September 22nd, but the uh, ability to donate starts this week on September 1st. That's awesome. And, and, and Single Parent Advocate is also registered with Amazon, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we're at smile.amazon.com. You can look up Single Parent Advocate. And um, every time you shop, uh, there's a, a pass-through donation that supports us. And it's, it's a godsend. It's, it's incredible. It really helps us do everything we need to do. Awesome. And as we get closer to North Texas Giving Day, you can share with us uh, the plans for Single Parent Advocate and what you guys are going to be doing uh, with that specifically. So for folks who listen to the show, you kind of know the format. We we either bring in a guest and, and we interview our guest and share their knowledge with you, or Stacy and I kind of uh, talk about our own parenting struggles as a single parent. And uh, one of the ones that I've really had a time with this summer is respect. And that is... Yeah. And that is, you know, and it's, it's for me, it's, you know, do what that asks you to do. Talk to him respectfully. Listen to me when I'm talking, you know, and I feel like my kids have been really disrespectful to me uh, and it manifests itself in different ways. You know, as simple as like, just not listening to me when I'm talking, like I'll come into a room and I'm talking and the next thing you know, uh, Elise or Claire is blurting out something else on top of me. And I'm like, are you even listening to what I said? You know, uh, we, we, we've had some real challenges in our house this summer uh, doing things the first time you've been asked, you know. And oh, I, I mean, here's a perfect example. Selective now, memory. Stacy, I had a, I had an experience last week with Claire. Her birthday was on the 17th of August. So I got her uh, a tablet, a new tablet. And. It was uh, it was a weeknight, and you know we're we're back in school now, so we're trying to you know do the do the routine and stuff. And it's like I'm making dinner, so I told Claire, I go, Claire, I want you, Claire's seven, uh, I want you to go take a shower. I said, and if you and Claire's really bad about just doing what you ask her to do, you know. So I told her, I said, uh, if you don't do what I ask you to do, if you don't go take your shower right now, I'm going to take away your tablet, and you're not going to get it back for the rest of the week. So if you want to keep your tablet, Claire, all you need to do is focus on getting into the shower. So walk out of the kitchen here, go take your clothes off, get in the shower, take your shower. I'll bring your clothes, your towel, all that stuff. But like you need to focus on doing nothing but getting in the shower. Okay, dad. She walks away. Stacy, it's not even two minutes later. I'm like, where's Claire? What's Claire doing? So I go to go check on her and she's playing with her birthday balloons. <laughs> and now, and now as a parent, you know, I, I'm, I'm forced to stick to my guns and do what I said I was going to do. You know what I mean? Like we have to be consistent even when we don't want to. And so I told her, I go, Claire, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to take your tablet away now and you don't get it back for the rest of the week. Of course that turned into, you know, theatrics and all sorts of, you know, crying and 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 Claire being upset not liking what she's being told and I'm like hey listen you know you can't get upset with me because I made it really simple for you I told you exactly what you needed to do to not get in trouble you chose not to do it and as a consequence you've lost your tablet like I told you I would okay 
So that's one example of the struggles that we've had. My kids, I love them, but they they don't do well with hearing no. And they don't do well, you know, hearing I don't they, either. They don't want no. <laughs> but we're adults. We know we, we right. have to accept that. You know, mm-hmm. another, another example, my uh, Elise is nine. She's in the fourth grade. She doesn't like her teacher. She remembers her teacher from last year as being this, this tyrant who ran uh, uh, ran the playground and and was no fun. I don't want I don't want Madam Boltman. I don't want Madam Boltman. That's one she didn't want. Well, lo and behold, who is her teacher, Madam Boltman? And so when we go to the orientation, the teacher says to us, "I kind of have a reputation of being, you know, the person who yells a lot at at in the playground. Oh, in, but, okay. but in my classroom, it's different. We play hard." We work hard. So, you know, she kind of, I think she knew, I think she knew her reputation preceded her. So she was trying to, you know what I mean? So I told Elise, I'm like, listen, I know you don't like Madam Boltman, but she kind of said that she has this reputation of being kind of a, you know, uh, 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 an authoritarian on the playground, but she's much different in the classroom. But Claire, Elise didn't like that. But my problem with my kids is like the instant I correct their behavior or I tell them something they don't want to hear or I don't let them have what they want. I lose them and they, and they get upset and they don't listen. And then they start reacting and they're, and it just, uh, you know, as a parent, I'm really struggling with this. And you and I talked about this, trying to set this up as a topic and, and Stacy, you know, you're often my, my voice, my voice of reason, my, my spiritual counselor, my parenting <laughs> counselor, my Yoda of sorts. Uh, and, and when you don't have the life experience to relate to my particular situation, you are always diligent about finding uh, either a blog post or you know some sort of some sort of resource that I can use, and in this case, you found some good stuff on a website, yeah. parentingforbrain.com. Talk to us about what you found. Well, what I really loved about this, it's 10 tips on how to discipline an angry, disrespectful child. <laughs> you know, I need all of them. Yeah, and so uh, what I really liked about it is that. It really centered on not the just the behavior, but the brain and the heart and the why behind the behavior. And um, as I, I read it, it just really talked about, you know, digging a little deeper and making sure that, you know, you, you don't react and um, basically, you know, lose them, like you say, you know, when you react and start yelling or, you know, being too authoritarian, what happens is um, they don't feel loved, right? And who would, right? I mean, nobody feels loved when they're being yelled at and bossed around. But um, so um, the the main thing that I really liked about it was it dealt in with this Arthur calls emotional regulating skills, uh, all of the different uh, types of why. Like the, one of the things that stuck to me right now uh, in the article related to ask your child why they are so angry, you know, instead of, you know, just shutting down and making them shut down, but dig back into it, stay calm and dig back into it. And it, it really, it really is amazing. I don't, what stood out to you as you read it, Daryl? Well, I just want to address your point about talking to the kids about why they're angry. and. In my own personal journey, uh, I learned through therapy that we as people tend to react with the simplest emotion. And even though, you know, there could be 
shame or, or, or embarrassment or, you know, there are other emotional factors that come into play for why you're getting this reaction out of your child or an adult in my case. Um, it's not, you know, we react with anger, but that's not really what we're feeling in that moment. So what I really love about this blog post is that it, it kind of teaches us as parents strategies to get to the, okay, so why are you upset? You don't feel heard or you don't feel respected or you don't feel, uh, you don't feel like you're getting what you want. Let's talk about that. Right. Yeah. This, this person said, and I'm going to quote it. It says, um, if you become angry at being disrespected, you ignore the feelings of your child while demanding that they attend yours. And that is the, I didn't realize it until I read it this afternoon, Stacy. but that is the pitfall. That is my mistake. And I'm realizing now that I'm, you know, I'm losing my mind and I'm all upset about the way my kids are acting disrespectfully, but I need to take a long, hard look in the mirror and be honest with myself about what I'm modeling for them. Exactly. Well, that's the first step that they recommend. You remember I talked about 10, 10, 10 things and it's staying calm because we want our children to be calm. We need to be calm. And I remember me and my son, we, we always, uh, I felt like, uh, I was also very intense as a parent and really just very passionate about him succeeding, you know, in every possible way. And uh, one time, um, you know, he he was having a hard time spelling the word the, that T-H-E. And he was where we really kind of clashed was doing homework. He was always cooperative, always kind, uh, mostly obedient, but I went crazy on him like when I felt like he he wasn't studying enough and wasn't being attentive enough, respectful of the opportunities that have been put before him, you know, appreciative, et cetera. And um, I really feel like those moments are the moments in our in our family where they built up over time. And so when he became an adult, you know, uh, he's been, you know, a little at arm's length and I, that's hurtful. It's a consequence of not knowing the power of staying calm. And I know there's many parents out there who that's a strength for them and their area is, uh, of, uh, growth is missed somewhere else, but staying calm is the first step to, uh, developing mutual respect in any relationship. And Stacy, I had no idea that when I was getting upset at the kids for not being respectful to me, all I was modeling for them was, this is how you act disrespectful. And I just, I would get, why are you doing this? Why We talk about this all the time. Why are you listening to me? Why you need to show respect. You need to show respect. The second point in this, in this, this blog post, Stacey says, identify the cause for disrespect and focus on teaching problem solving alternatives. So, so you got a kid who is reacting with anger, and that anger manifests itself in disrespectful behavior. So now you got dad who gets gets upset because the kid's being disrespectful. Now I'm modeling disrespectful behavior for her. And I realize that this is just a perpetual snowball that's just going to get worse until I change my behavior for the kids. And I think, well, you know, one of the questions that uh, they bring up is, you know, it's not really a question. It's like, you know, make sure everyone's safe. Because when we get angry, we get all crazy um, inside and out sometimes, right? And so to me, a real uh, level setting question is, 
do you feel safe right now? Right. Or are, you know, making sure that you're safe emotionally and physically. Right. I'm not quite following you there as far as I, I did, th- that part was kind of lost on me because I mean, as, as a, as a parent, I think we're always safety conscious, but maybe emotionally, maybe emotionally. Yes, absolutely. And they're then, not, you know, they're not in a safe space to feel their emotions the way they really are. Yeah. And so they not act, okay. out, mm-hmm. and act out in anger, which to us sounds disrespectful. I, you know, I, I just, I mean, this was such an eye opener for me, Stacy, because I realized that like, you know, I'm banging my head against the wall and I'm upset with my kids. And I'm like, here we are talking and arguing about the same things week in, week out. And I haven't changed my behavior. I'm not, I'm not thinking outside the box. I'm not trying anything new. Right. So I, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of work that I need to do staying calm, not staying calm and making sure everybody's safe. That's steps one and two, Daryl. And not allowing (laughs) the kids to trigger me. I mean, well, the next, the next thing that uh, talks about, and this is going to hurt a little bit, and probably it says, do not punish, <laughs> right? You know, so we, we don't punish. Um, we, to discipline a child is to teach, right, is what, what they said. It's unnecessary to punish a child to achieve that, and it tends to not be effective. Um, so I know punishment, um, you know, they say what spare the rod spoil the child right i firmly believe in that (laughs) but uh it says um you know punishment does not teach your child how to control their anger it creates a rupture in your parent-child relationship that can only make things worse so um you know what's the difference between discipline and punishment and um you know I think that that's an important thing uh, that this author is trying to bring up. I'm going to spitball an idea for you here, Stacey. You tell me what you think. Okay. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. instead of punishing my kids and putting them in timeout, what if I said, why don't you sit down and write for me your side of this situation? Yeah. And then also, you know, talking about the consequences, you know, uh, well, I don't, I don't know about that because I'm, I'm real big on consequences. And I, and I think my focus on consequences has made me lean more on punishment, punishment and yeah. less on discipline. Yeah. Well, I think uh, that would be a really good idea. I think that it might get down into some of the deeper issues that are going on that you might not have gotten to otherwise, you know, it's sort of like counting to 10, you know, when you're angry. Make sure before you react, you count to 10, right? Have you ever heard that? Oh, yeah. No, I, and I, 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 I take a deep breath. I try to focus on, on, you know, maybe not meditation, but just kind of slow everything down, clear your head, then deal with what's in front of you. Well, um, this person believes that wrote this blog, and I really, I think I agree with it because I lived it, as I mentioned with my son, teaching works better than punishment when disciplining our kids. They say, if a parent knows about this, but is still adamant about using punishment, there may be deeper issues. Are they really punishing to teach or to pay back for the anger the child has caused? So uh, our inner child can get triggered and we can we can be provoked just like the kids. That doesn't mean that we would be abusive necessarily, but we would be equally like you're saying, part of the problem. <laughs> I've even I've even caught myself, Stacy. Like as soon as one of the kids does something that I deem to be disrespectful, I go time out. You're not talking to me that way. Go get in time out. 
Well, you know what? The next thing that this this article talks about is about acknowledging our our children's anger, right? You know, like if them, they do something disrespectful, Daryl, like maybe you go, you sound really mad right now, or you sound really upset. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure that I'm hearing you correctly, or if you are upset, are you able to tell me more about that? And that's what it says. Number five, ask questions to understand the source of anger. I am so bad about reacting to the behavior. I don't ever get to the root cause of it. And that's why I'm not making progress with my kids. That's why nothing is changing. Well, and I think, you know, there's something that you said recently about how, um, you remember we were talking about, you know, everybody being safe, a bit like being physically safe. Like if, if some kids that are, you know, probably, you know, younger temper tantrums, you know, the two-year-old throwing their toys and things like that. When it's uh, all of that kind of stuff is stopped and we can actually assure ourselves that we're physically safe and acknowledging our child's anger, what this says is it says, Acknowledging your child's anger means recognizing that your child has feelings, even if it's the one you don't like. It's also about letting your child accept their own feelings. So this even gets into like self-worth and and mental wellness development. So um, I know I kind of backed up on, on this here, but acknowledging our kids' feelings and making it safe for them to be accepted, even though they're having those feelings we may not like what they're experiencing or necessarily always agree, but we can accept and love them in the midst of it all. They're, they're like two. And I had a hard time when my son was older, separating those two things. And, I, and, I, th- and I think the biggest thing that I have missed, Stacy, is that in doing that, you're modeling for your kids how to be respectful of others. Okay. You're upset. Let's talk about why you're upset and let's fix it. It just, I have been coming at this from the absolute wrong angle. And now it makes perfect sense to me why we've made no progress. Now I understand perfectly why my kids are not changing their behavior. I haven't changed mine. Well, and, you know, I think acknowledging to yourself also that you have feelings, you have feelings and they are real reactions, real, real things that you have to deal with as even as an adult but asking, asking your, your daughters, you know, Hey, I'm having some feelings too, but I, I don't, I don't want you to not love me. And here's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling offended. I'm feeling hurt. Right. And I don't, I don't know that I've always handled that right in the past. And I want you to know I'm working on it and I'd like us to work on it as a family. And then you stop there. No, but no continuances, you know, the word, but kind of negates everything that comes before it. Right. (laughs) And um, if they use the word, but, you know, I think that just trying to make sure that they understand that there's a difference between, and and we understand there's a difference between having a feeling um, and then also being accepted, even though you are having that feeling. You know, Stacy, it's it's what made me realize how significant this problem was was earlier in the summer. I agreed to babysit my niece for the evening so my ex-wife could go out with her twin sister 
and her and her twin sister's husband, and they all went to go see Chris Rock. So they asked me, I mean, I, you know, the night that it was going on, I had the girls and my ex-wife asked me, would you be interested in, you know, watching Avery so we can go see Chris Rock? And I said, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I would love to. That'd be so great. I, you know, I miss my niece. I, I love the kid dearly and I haven't, you know, seen her in, in months. So she is staying with us and uh, for the evening. And there was a point where I asked the girls to go brush their teeth to get ready to go to bed. And they just started giving me a hard time and we're, we're, you know, not doing what I asked them to do. And I yelled at them and they yell at me and back and forth. And, and my sweet, innocent seven-year-old wise sage of a niece looks at me and says, uncle Daryl, I can't believe that they would talk to you that way. You do so much for them. You take, you take them all these great places and you buy them all this stuff. I I'm so sorry. I can't believe that they talk to you this way. Stacy, my kids have humiliated me as a parent many, many times. But that was the lowest low that I have experienced as a parent. I mean, I felt like an absolute failure. And I felt like a seven-year-old child was identifying for me what a failure as a parent I've become. And now that I've, now that I've you know, dug into this blog and I've been given these, these new strategies of how to address my kids' behavior, uh, I'm really excited for this weekend because I'm going to try and implement as much of this stuff as I can. And I'm fairly certain that I'm going to see a difference in the kids. Oh, absolutely. Making sure that we ask the questions to understand the source of our kids' anger, you know, maybe start there before there is a moment, you know, and say, hey, you know, we've had some, some really tense moments this summer. And I'd just like to to spend a time, maybe private time, you know, with each of the, of the girls and just dig into first, are you willing to open your heart to me about this? Um, do you feel safe? I want you to feel safe that you can have feelings and I will always love you. Um, and do you know, is there something you're not telling me that makes you constantly be so angry and you know, see or in their own language, help them explore putting words to these feelings that are attached to these behaviors, right? One of the questions in the article says, are you angry because you just want a little snack before dinner or are you starving? You know, this was, this person was actually dealing with a, a specific incident, but I think in your situation, you could say, hey, I want to, I want to have a private talk with each of you. Now, those ladies, I've seen ladies are going to compare notes, right? But at least they would be private in their own feelings to be able to talk to you about how each of them is feeling independently. Well, I, I did I did call Elise today on my way home from work and I told her, I said, I, I read something that has really kind of opened my eyes and, and we're going to, you know, I'm going to... Uh, approach this stuff from a different angle. And, and I just kind of said, you know, I'm going to handle things differently and you're going to see it. But in doing this, what we actually accomplish is that we're teaching our kids how to regulate their own emotions. You know, I, I, I've been modeling the wrong behavior for them, Stacey. I've been, I've been losing my temper and yelling at them and jumping all over them and just punishing them left and right. Uh, and, and I, you know, there was a, there was one of the articles that I read had said that, you know, a lot of times when you have adult children who don't show you respect, they never respect you. They just, yep. they just complied to get by. 
Well, that's what I was referring to with my son. You know, I mean, I'm not sure Chris would say that, but I think pretty close. (laughs) You know, this this, uh, I'm going to quote the article real quick, Daryl. When you ask questions, you teach your child to name and describe what they are experiencing so that they learn how to tell you instead of using rude and disrespectful behavior or making snide comments to get their point across. I mean, I know a lot of, of, of adults that, you know, might could use that awareness too, right? You know, so it's a big skill to, um, to learn even in, in business, you know, we don't act like that in business and still keep our jobs normally. I mean, that I've seen anyway. So, um, so after we ask questions and we learn to put words behind our feelings, we're feeling safe and accepted, you know, even though we're having these feelings. Uh, the article says offer help as a parent, help them find an alternative solution to uh, how to deal with their anger. It's, it's just so counterintuitive to what I've been doing, Stacy. because to me, you address the behavior, you punish the behavior, and then hopefully they take, they learn while they're, while they're sitting in time out. But I mean, you know, it's not hard for me to believe that if you follow these steps and you teach them how to, how to, you know, express their objections respectfully, uh, you're going to, you're going to get a different result out of your kids. As the well, my offering behind me, I don't know if you can hear that, but it's, that was a pretty wow, odd. that's rain. Yeah. Well, maybe, um, you know, it says anger stems from a strained relationship between you and your child that may need more work. Help your children develop a secure attachment by being a responsive parent. So you don't just ignore their feelings. You don't reject them because of their feelings, right? And you um, try to figure out alternatives, help to find alternatives for handling those feelings. And it may, like you're doing right now, it may be as a parent, we have to change and grow too, right? That's that's the conclusion I've come to because I mean Stacy I've been at my wits end this summer with my kids and and in reading this I realized that it's probably my fault. Well, taking responsibility and acknowledging things is really the a really great first step, right? And then being curious and learning, right? Um, I'm going to go forward with this because there's a couple more things I think are important. It starts talking about, okay, once we're responsive to our kids, we want to teach them emotional regulation skills, which is basically how do you cope, right? Um, Teach our children how to cope before it happens again. So, okay, you're going to be talking to Elise. You've already kind of uh, told her that you're going to be talking about this. Um, It says... um, Experiencing anger hurts, but when a person is experiencing intense emotion, letting go is difficult. Teaching your child how to cope before it happens again involves taking a slow, deep breath, counting backward from 10 slowly, talking about how they feel instead of exploding in outbursts. So um, a lot of people... uh, you know, we talked about it earlier, you know, do you, have you ever heard about counting to 10 before you respond, you know, so letting that adrenaline and that, that burning feeling in our heart, like, 
okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause, I'm gonna take a deep breath here, or I'm gonna take a quick walk and I'll be back. I need that that's really if you are to start acting like that, they will start seeing someone who acts like that and adopt that behavior more likely, right? I sure hope so. (laughs) You don't want an angry child to turn into an angry teenager down the road, right? So the next step says, uh, teach your children how to express objections respectfully. Um, You know, how, how do you uh, express objections respectfully? What would you say, Daryl? Well, I think in going through, I think in going through those steps of teaching them how to identify what you're upset about. Okay. You don't like this. Okay. Let's, let's express. I just think in going through those steps, that is such a stark contrast to how I parent. My kids are going to be like, who the heck are you? What did you do? What happened to my dad? (laughs) Well, I I honestly, Stacey, I think they're going to be so surprised by this that they're going to be completely off their game and they're not even going to, they're not even going to think about being bad because they're going to be like, what the heck is going on? And who is this calm, rational, nurturing father that we have? Well, it says we cannot merely tell children what behavior we find unacceptable. We must also teach them the appropriate ways to express objections. Right. And so that means, you know, they need to feel safe to express their objections and not be rejected and not set you off, right? So learning how to regulate in, uh, you know, the previous suggestion is, is super important. Um, this is my favorite part. This next one, Daryl, it says step nine, catch them being good, catch them being good, acknowledge them. I, I will I will admit when my kids do something good, I mean I heap praise upon them. I mean it's like I I I go out of my way to draw attention to anything they do that's good. And I'm like, that is what I want you to do. So for all of my shortcomings as a parent, I really do feel like I try to re- reward uh positive efforts by using positive reinforcement. Well, and the thing is, you know rewarding good behavior, you know, is, is so important. And so, you know, just continuing to reward them for times when uh, it is, is difficult to um, switch gears, right? You know, if you're switching gears and this is going to be a new commitment, a new behavioral commitment, you're going to have to be patient with yourself. Take those, those times to count to 10, go on a walk, and maybe that's a skill for the girls too, because you know it's um, important when you take on something new, even if that something new is catching somebody being good, right? It is new. It's something that we haven't learned. It's not in our behavior. So being patient um, is is really really a key. Good discipline involves using reasoning and creating an environment of calm and respect. Bad discipline uses harsh punishment, ridicule, and verbal attacks on a child. And then lastly, she says, to raise a respectful and conscientious person, they need to develop not only respect for others, but also respect for themselves. And she says, um, when we genuinely show care, kindness, and respect, our kids will eventually learn how to treat others right. Care, kindness, and respect. So you can, you know, write that on, on your forehead. 
I'm not, I'm not kidding, Stacey. I'm going to put these on the big whiteboard in the kitchen. I, I'm I, going I, on the whiteboard. We have this. a giant whiteboard where we write, you know, like what our, our our morning routine is. And for Elise, I have a note, and it says, "I am strong. I am smart. I am capable. I am competent, and I am confident." And it's kind of it's 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 become kind of an affirmation for her because I really I, I felt like she had some trouble with her own self worth, and I just wanted her oh, to, yeah. to, to know that like, no, honey, you are, you are capable of doing amazing things, you know? But and, then uh, it wasn't one of those words respectful. It wasn't, but I'll add it. <laughs> well, maybe you add it to all three of your columns. We create a dad column up there. So everybody well, has a, a column. I, I'm going to put these 10 points up here for me. And, and, and the, the author, Pamela Lee also wrote another blog. What is respect definition for kids and six highly effective ways to teach kids. I, I mean, I'm just going to, this is, this is my homework. Yeah. Well, well, maybe we can dig into that, that article next time. Well, I awesome. think it covered, I think it covered the same, the same topic. So I just kind of look at the, look at the two articles as kind of supplements to each other, but you know, I've got some work to do. I think that's the, that's the takeaway for me. Well, and that's the beautiful thing. You know, parenting is a journey. Peopling is a journey. You know, we're always growing and changing and learning new things and when, Maturity takes shape at different paces in all of our lives. And certainly uh, this skill about being respectful is part of, of um, success. People who are respectful typically are more successful and more satisfied and more accepted. Right. Like I said, I've got my homework, Stacey. Um, you know, I, this is really good stuff. You know, th this this is always educational for me, and and you know, I thank you for for your insights and your guidance, and 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 thank you for opening my eyes to this. And you know, these are strategies that that I am going to do the best I can to implement in my house because what I'm doing isn't working. Well, I tell you what, Daryl, let's dig into more about this at our next show. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good stuff, Stacey. I, I, we didn't we didn't get to this earlier, but but a special thanks to the the work innovators folks, the studio there at VentureX, uh, Castle Hills, the Realm. Uh, we want to thank them for their contributions to the show. We, Absolutely, we wouldn't have Huge single thanks. parent advocate without them. Uh, at least the podcast. So, I think this is awesome. Yeah. And then next time, I'm going to tell you about our upcoming fundraising masquerade in October. It'll be fun. Awesome. Well, I look yeah. forward to hearing about that. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks, folks. Have a great day.